0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا لا تقدموا بين يدي الله ورسوله واتقوا الله إن الله سميع عليم صدق الله العظيم This is Surah Al-Hujurat. On one of the previous occasions also we had discussed parts of the Surah. But again there are such very important lessons pertaining to our social life in the Surah that it deserves that we give extra attention to discussing the Surah because these are the things that pertain to our daily life. Insan, this human being, as the saying goes, that no man is an island, which means that he doesn't live on his own, live isolated from everybody, live in the wilderness somewhere, that he doesn't have to have any kind of companionship, doesn't need anybody else's presence around, can't survive in that manner. Insan, he, this human being, needs people around, he needs to live in a community, He needs to live in a family. And this is how he conducts his life. So when he is going to be living with people, and Allah Ta'ala has created people with different temperaments, somebody has a very cool nature, somebody gets upset very quickly, somebody has a great amount of tolerance, Somebody has a very very short fuse as they call it. Some people have the ability to be able to just brush off things that don't really matter. Somebody's criticism, which is not really an issue, somebody's remark, somebody's comments, and some people become very affected by it. So All the natures and temperaments differ from one another, people have these different tabiyats and temperaments, and yet we have to live together, we have to interact with one another, we have to be living in a way that we still maintain the peace and harmony despite all the differing temperaments and natures. On the one hand, when this is a given, that insan, no two people are the same, people differ tremendously in their nature, in their temperament. And at the same time, it's an extremely emphasized thing in Deen that the harmony must be maintained. The peace and the harmony must be maintained. This is an extremely important thing. Just to understand this from one Hadith Sharif, that to what extent this peace and harmony is, an, a, is something to be maintained and to what extent this has been emphasized. Indeed, the one hadith which we have on many, many occasions mentioned, and this is something that we should inscribe on our hearts, and something to remind ourselves of this hadith Sharif daily, something to sort of make like a wazifa, like a person has his wazaif and the person who is very punctual on his wazayf, then daily he's making his tasbihat, his wazayf. So this, the sort of meditation on this hadith sharif should become like a daily wazifa. So at least once a day he is meditating on this hadith sharif. So and once Rasulullah ﷺ asked the Sahaba Ikram that, أَلَا salati was siyam was we are all, especially in this Mubarak month of Ramadan, other times of the year, any time of the year, any person who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with some kind of consciousness, Allah Ta'ala has, with His Pawfiq, made it possible that a person understands some value of Amal, some, uh, feeling is in the heart to gain rewards, to become closer to Allah Ta'ala. Though we are far from the reality, but with the tawfiq of Allah ta'ala, there's some, some idea of this, there's some desire for it. So when this is the desire, this is the hope that we gain rewards from Allah ta'ala, and when this is the effort and the aspiration that we become closer to Him, so then this Hadith Sharif should become our guide. Apart from all the other amal that we try to practice on, this should be something especially in our kind of life, day-to-day situations and in the type of interactions that we keep having with people and all the kinds of challenges that come up from time to time. This should become something that guides us and we should inscribe this on our hearts. And as mentioned, this should become our daily wazifa, daily reminder. So, Rasulullah wasallam asked the Sahaba, جمعين, that should I not tell you something that is better, bi afdal, something that is greater and better, then in daradati Salati wasyami was then all the nafil fast that a person can keep the whole year round, besides the days that is impermissible, Ramadan is first obviously, every day is fasting. And all the nafil salah is performing. The whole night he's making tahajjud, he's making ishraq chash, salatul duha, salatul awabin, and over and above that, as many nawafil as he can perform, he's performing. And not just one day, not just for the month of Ramadan, or the last ten days of Ramadan, his whole life. And sadaqa, he's spending billions. Now Nabi Islam is presenting this as the background. Now who how many of us can do all this? Or do a fraction of it? Every day person performing, keeping nafil fast and he's making nafil salah the whole night and the whole, half the day or the whole day also and then spending billions. How many of us can manage any fraction of this too? One small amount we might be able to do. Nabi's class is be saying something greater than all this in terms of earning rewards. The Sahaba were really eager because they were very very eager for every reward that they can gain. So they said please do tell us. So Rasulullah sallallahu said, Islahu Zaatil Bain. Islahu zaatil Bain, making peace between two people, the person who takes the effort, takes the courage, makes the sacrifice, does what is possible in a suitable manner, that there has been some issue between two parties. So now he goes and tries to mend the relationship. That effort of his is so beloved to Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala grants him the reward beyond all these a'mal combined. We can't imagine it. We can't imagine the reward of all these a'mal in their individual capacity, only the fasting for the whole year round, or only the salah the whole night and day, or only spending billions in sadaqa. Allah Ta'ala loves this person's action so much that Allah Ta'ala rewards him with the reward more than all these a'mal combined, beyond our imagination. So while on the one hand this is the big lesson about what great rewards there are in trying to make peace between people, what we understand from this Hadith Sharif very very clearly that what is the value of maintaining that peace and harmony? Because this is a reward for the person who goes and makes that peace. So he's bringing back to normality that which Allah Ta'ala loves so greatly. Allah Ta'ala loves that peace and harmony to exist. So now he's making the effort to bring that peace back. Allah Ta'ala rewards him with such a great reward. So what is the value of that peace and harmony itself? This is that very important aspect which unfortunately is taken for granted. Well, fine, if everything is normal, there's no sugar made for it also. If everything is fine, there's a harmonious atmosphere in a home, in a community, in a family. So, if just take it for granted, well, this is fine, it's one of those things. And if it gets disrupted in some way, and it gets disrupted, there isn't sometimes a second thought given to it, so what? If the person wants to come right, he'll come right, why should I bother about it? Whereas, that's not the way that we have been. Taught in deen. So this surah of the Quran Sharif, a very major part and portion of the surah, deals with this muasharat, the social interaction, how we live with people, and what kind of qualities we should be having in us, that will help to maintain this harmony, to maintain this peace. There are certain essential things, that if these things are upheld by every person, then everybody will enjoy this peace. Everybody will enjoy the harmony. And when these things are neglected, then the person who neglects it he obviously will be come the cause of it. But then everybody else, others around, everybody suffer the consequences of this neglect by the due to the harmony being disrupted, due to the problems and then arise. So this is the very important aspect in Deen which Many a times, these are not even regarded as an ibadat. That a person taking the effort to maintain peace, the person taking the effort to subdue his own emotions in order to maintain the peace, or sometimes he is foregoing some right of his, but just in order to maintain the harmony and peace. person humbling himself in order to maintain the peace, this is not even given a second thought, that this is also an ibadat. Whereas we understand from this hadith sharif, that is why this hadith should be inscribed on our hearts. And it should be a daily reminder for ourselves. We should start of the day by reminding ourselves about this hadith sharif. So, the surah of the Qur'an sharif has so much of these lessons in it, that the mufassirin, some have titled this, apart from mu'asharat, lot of these things, they are all interrelated, akhlaq, the akhlaq issues, mu'asharat, some have titled the surah, though the name of the surah is Suratul Hujarat, some have titled it as Suratul Akhlak. And the surah is encompassing all the lessons of akhlaq in it. And really it is this akhlak that holds within it the guarantee of all the good that we are looking for. And this is the reason why on the day of Qiyamah also, the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds is خلق حسن ما من شيء أثقل في ميزان العبد المؤمن يوم القيامة من خلق حسن there's nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds obviously the faraiz, the wajibat have their own rank thereafter there's nothing and akhlaq is also part of the faraiz there's nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds than good character good akhlaq. normally That good akhlaq, normally meaning abnormally. Unfortunately, the abnormal has become like normal. So, this is the abnormal thing. That abnormally, it has become, that akhlaq is not even regarded as part of deen. It's just a good thing, fine. It's like part of just human nature or something, that a person, or rather human etiquette, a person should have good akhlaq. As far as deen is concerned, well, it's more ibadat, salah, zakat, fasting, hajj. Indeed, these are the pillars of Islam. But akhlaq is part and parcel of this deen to such an extent that there is nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds on the day of qiyamad than good akhlaq. But adopting good akhlaq, which requires adopting sabr, forgiveness, overlooking the faults of others, tolerance, hilm, ta'wazu, adopting humility, generosity, and all these various good and noble qualities, at the most is something good, but... But it's a very, very great ibadat, very often this escapes us. So this is the surah of the Qur'an Sharif, which brings forward these many lessons. The surah is titled, as we mentioned, Suratul Hujurat. The name of the surah and the title of the surah is, due to the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that is in this surah in among the opening ayat, Allah tala says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يُنَادُونَكَ وراء الْحُجُرَاتِ Hujurat, this is the plural of hujara, which means rooms, so the rooms, the apartments of the Azwaj-e-Mutahharat. Now this is only one, in one ayat, this word comes once, hujurat. But on that note, this ayat has this word hujurat, which refers to the Rooms of the Azwaj Mutahharat, our mothers, the Ummahatul Mu'minin. on that the Surah has been titled. So It's not just that anything was just chosen at random for the name of the Surah. It's highlighting something. Highlighting something very important. That the Hujurat and the, uh, the rooms of the Azwaj Mutahharat has some tremendous significance in it. Regarding these rooms, which we titled, or we called, we translated as apartments, our mind already, when we were here, the word apartment goes to something, maybe some kind of uh, whatever imagination our mind might, might run to. But these apartments or these rooms of the Azwaj Mutahharat, Atta Khurasani, he describes it and he says, I witnessed and I saw the The rooms, it was still existing in his time. I saw the rooms and the apartments of the Azwaja Mutahharat. And he then describes it. What were these apartments of? How they were built? What was it? So he says, Min Jareed in These were the walls. The walls were date palm. The date palm, long thin trunks. So they were all lined up together to create the wall. And for the doorway, waala abuabiha al-masu'h min shahrin aswad. This coarse sackcloth, as we can understand it, of black wool. That was the door. And what was the size of it? Just to understand it from one Hadith Sharif, we have said Aisha Siddiqah radiallahu anha says that Rasulullah صلى when he would be performing his tahajjud salah, so he would perform very lengthy Salah for an extended portion of the night. So she would be resting. When Nabi Salaam would go into Sajda, he would, with the indication of his hand, indicate to her that he's now going into Sajda. So she would withdraw her legs out of the way to create the space for him to perform Sajda. This was the size of that room. That if somebody was resting, somebody was lying down, and somebody else had to perform Salah. There wasn't sufficient space now. For the person to be able to get into Sajdah. The person who is sleeping would have to move their leg away. So that there was sufficient space to perform Sajdah. This was the homes of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam These were the kind of rooms that they lived in. And he then says that later in time the uh, decision was made. That these rooms would be demolished to extend the Masjid of nabawi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the time of the, when the expansion took place in the time of Walid bin Abdul Malik. So this message was now sent out, or this, this uh, uh, decree was now read out in public, that this is going to be now, what's going to be taking place, that soon the expansion of the Masjid is going to take place, and these rooms are going to be now demolished, because they're going to come into the section of the Masjid itself, you see, Saeed ibn Musayyab, rahimahullah, a very great tabi'i, he began weeping over this. And he said, how I wish they had left it as it was. That people who would then come in time, people who would grow up tomorrow in Medina munawarah itself, and people who would come from outside, they would still have something to witness of what Rasulullah contented himself with in this life. That he was Sayyidul Awaleen wal Akhirin, he was the leader of every of the every human being that set foot on earth, and the greatest of the creation of Allah Taala. After Allah Taala is the rank of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah Taala is Allah Taala. He is the Khalik, and everyone else and everything else is Makhluq. Then in the entire Makhluq. The greatest rank and the greatest of the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala is Rasulullah Sallallahu But yet in his Mubarak life, though he was offered, Allah Ta'ala had offered to him that if you wish we would convert this mountain into gold for you and it will follow you wherever you wish. But Rasulullah Sallallahu he chose that I prefer that one day I should eat and make shukr, one day I should be hungry and make sabr. And this was the simplicity with which he conducted his life. So, this is another lesson on itself, a very, very important and very major lesson, the lesson of simplicity, that this is what should be the life of a mu'min. Indeed, we are nowhere close to that caliber, and we shouldn't try to come to that level, we won't manage it, but within our own, in our own situation, and what is the general norms and standards of the average living standards within that we should aspire for simplicity within that we should aspire to keep things simple and making luxury the focus of life this is something very very detrimental very harmful Allah Taala blesses with some ni'mat blesses with some bounty By all means we should use it something that has come in a halal manner Something that has come without hankering after it. Allah has blessed a person with some ni'mad. All means we use it, make shukar. But that is not to be the focus of life. Once the Rasulullah wasallam addressed the Sahaba and said, Innal bazazata al iman. The Sahaba were actually sitting and discussing. That what is something really truly to, to be aspired for? In terms of qualities or things. So, when Nabi ﷺ came out and he heard what they were talking about, he then Advised them. Innal al iman. Three times he said this. That verily, bazaza, the simplicity. This is from iman. This is a part of iman. This is a quality of iman. And this is what's to be adopted. Unfortunately, the way things are heading, that, that acquisition of every luxury, every comfort has become the focus of life. And this has become what's termed as the quality of life. The quality of life means we must keep trying to upgrade and update all the time. No matter how good something is, but it is not good enough if something better has now come on the market. So now that what has come on the market must be acquired. That becomes an obsession. So I, no matter how good something is, I still haven't even learned all the features of what I have already. Not even using half of it. But there's something better on the market, this is not good enough. Why? Because that has become an object in itself. That has become the purpose of life. Then... That there's never an end to it. Today there'll be something. Tomorrow there'll be something better, and this is how it will keep going, because somebody has to make money out of it. So they will make money out of people's obsession. So they create the obsession first. That if you don't have this, then something's wrong with you. If you don't have this, then you are outdated. You don't have this, you are backward. You don't have this, then you are not in touch. Then you are living in the camel ages. So everything now must be keep getting updated and upgraded, regardless of how new something still is in reality, that we don't even have the idea of half of the features in it, we haven't used half of the features yet, but it's still now not good enough. This, rat race then carries on, and then there's no end to it. So, this is something to get away from, to focus that the real thing to aspire for is the Akhirat. And the great bounties of Allah Ta'ala, in the Akhirat, then whatever Allah Ta'ala blesses, a person makes a moderate effort, within the limits and norms, that's within moderation, and then whatever Allah blesses in that, He makes sugar upon that and uses that. Allah ta'ala give us Taufiq. inshallah we'll continue.